0: Welcome to the Lemonade Stand. I am Heidi, your host of the Lemonade Stand, and we're glad you're joining us tonight. Each week here on the Lemonade Stand, we feature a different guest who's willing to share their own life experiences of when they've taken life lemons and made lemonade. I am Heidi, your host, and tonight we're trying something fun and new and different. So um, hang in there with us tonight. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be fun. We've got My guest is talking to us by phone tonight, and she is calling in from Orem and are you there Stephanie? I'm here. Okay, great. I'm glad you're still there. <laughs> so we're gonna give this a try tonight and and I want to introduce Stephanie tonight. She is currently Mrs. Utah International and so hi Stephanie. Hi. You're gonna have to tell us a little bit about yourself first before we get into your story and um, just maybe tell us how you got involved in Mrs. Utah a little bit or maybe a, a little bit about your family. Okay, well how I got involved with the Mrs. Utah pageant
1: was through a friend. She knew someone that was Mrs. Utah. She had a very close friend that was Mrs. Utah in 1992, Dallasburg. Oh, yeah. And um, she had been my neighbor for a couple of years and had seen all of the community service that I had been doing. I was PTA president at my son's school with my very close friend Sarah Bodine. We were co-PTA presidents. That was really fun. Oh, great. Um, I have just done a, a lot of community service and she just came to me and she just said you know I think that you would be such a great candidate to represent the state of Utah as Mrs. Utah and I laughed and I thought no I, I could never do something like that and she said seriously you should think about it so I went home and I couldn't stop thinking about it and talked to my husband he said I think you should go for it I think you'd be great. So I just thought, you know, I don't want to be 70 or 80 or 100 years old and look back and go, you know, I should have have done that. That would have been really fun. It was, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect. I had never done a pageant in my whole life. My sister had done a couple when she was younger, but I had never done anything like this in my life. And so I didn't really know what to expect. But I did know that I really enjoyed serving the community. And I loved, I once I decided to do the pageant and found out everything that it entailed, it was so family-oriented, um, you have to have a platform, and my platform is promoting family relationships through community involvement. And I knew that I wanted to promote that on a state level and hopefully a national level. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I chose that platform was because when I was younger, my mother and I were involved with a group called the National Charity League. We did all kinds of charity work for all different philanthropies. It's kind of like the head, and then or, you know, the place the place where um, you know we uh, everyone kind of meet. We meet once a month and talk about the different philanthropies that we can be involved in, from Habitat for Humanity to Ronald McDonald House to Primary Children's Hospital to Wasatch Gardens. All go so and volunteer at. Yes, it's all it's, it's all volunteer. Is that what you said. Yeah. And uh, you could just get to kind of pick and choose which area is kind of your style or which uh, philanthropy you want to work with that month. I see. And you put in X amount of hours. And so when I did this with my mom, I was just in high school. And. Sometimes when you're in high school, growing up, you don't really want to be with your mom. (laughs) But we were in this National Charity League where we had to get a certain amount of hours, and so we were kind of forced, I was kind of forced to spend time with my mother, and consequently, we were very close. I think at those times where it kind of could have gone one way or the other, Uh because we were spending time together serving other people and kind of getting lost in their needs, we got closer in the
0: meantime. We talked and laughed and it was just a very incredible... Well, and you had something in common too, right? So you could go and do something together?
1: Yes. Yeah, we did all kinds of things together. We worked at the local library, Volunteering. We did uh, something called patterning a little girl, like physical therapy, and we would go, you know, move her legs and move her arms wow. a certain amount of times. And it was just neat, just doing different things together. Oh, yeah. So, and I'm still involved with the National Charity League today, the Salt Lake Chapter. And it's just a wonderful organization that really helps our community. I mean, we're just involved in so many ways with the Salvation Army. I mean, t- um, this Wednesday night there's a big, huge chili affair for the homeless shelter. It's a big fundraiser, and I'm going to go be there and help serve chili to the people that have, you know, bought the tickets for the dinner and and help raise money for the homeless people. And, There's just all kinds of opportunities.
0: Well, the neat thing I admire about you is you were doing this kind of stuff before you became Mrs. Utah. Absolutely. Because a lot of times people will get into this um, role and and achieve this um, title, and then they have to kind of, they're kind of forced out into the community to do all this volunteer and community appearances and service and stuff like that, which is great. Yeah. But you were doing it before. Absolutely, yeah. I've been doing this for about 20 years. Oh, my goodness.
1: So, in fact, I mean, it's just... I and mean, really, my life hasn't changed at all because I'm just still doing the same things that I've always been doing. and So it's it's been been really really fun that the the thing that this being Mrs. Utah has afforded me is things like this where I can reach more people and tell them, man, all these opportunities are out there, and this is what it's done for me and my. Family and I, my daughters are too young to be in National Charity. They You have to be in seventh grade. Uh-huh.
0: Um, but are you just, planning on having them? Absolutely. Absolutely. Great. For for a ton of different reasons.
1: Not only for the relationship, but just teaches them to to be more um, so grateful for what we uh-huh. do have. Oh, definitely. And I think also these days, um, <laughs> I I I really love. To the youth giving service that teaches them to serve other people and not to be so self-centered. That's right. And college, you know, you get into these college applications and you've got two That's kids with good. a 4.0 and you start looking beyond that and saying, okay, hey, were they on student council? Okay, did they do community service? Okay, you know, what were their extracurricular activities? Were they in the band? Were they, you know, a cheerleader on the football team, whatever? That's right. You know, it's important to be really well-rounded, so... I think it's just as a, as a wonderful opportunity for the youth these days for a, a lot of different reasons.
0: Oh, I, I totally agree with you. I'm really big on service myself and I feel like if you ever have a problem or a, or a trial in your life, then if you go and do some service, you'll kind of forget about whatever you're struggling with or whatever you're having a problem with. Right, absolutely. And I think it's great where it's something you can do with your kids, you know, and at that age, 7th grade, I mean that is a big turning point yes. right there and if you can do something with your kids where you're doing service, and you're being able to be close with your own children, spend time with them, meanwhile you're serving other people, I mean, what better organization is there? Absolutely. It sounds perfect. It is, it's, it's wonderful. Absolutely. Awesome. In fact, last night I,
1: um, I had the opportunity to judge the Highland Junior Miss pageant, uh-huh. and it was so neat to actually see these sharp young women who have done all kinds of this community service. You know, like I said, my daughters are too little to do it, and it's so good to see that people really are doing this. It's not just a small group of people. I mean, there's just such some wonderful girls out there, and guys too, but, you know, last night at the pageant, I just got to see these girls who were so well-rounded, scholastically great students. They had a great talent, whether it was gymnastics or piano or the violin, and um, all kinds of service that they've done. It was just just wonderful to see the youth today really taking charge of their lives and being well-rounded, which is, you know, I think the more that people see that there are people out there doing all this stuff it makes
0: them say, okay, I can do this too. That's right. Yeah. I totally agree with you. And it's nice when pageants can be more a positive thing like that too. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm sure that Highland pageant that you judged last night—they they do things a little bit differently than what you see on TV and stuff like that, right? Right. They don't have the big swimsuit thing and all the different issues. It's more just—it's like you said—a well-rounded person, someone who gets good grades and does some service and has some talents, and it's just an all-around.
1: Yeah, it's not based on looks, I and mean, it is definitely based on all the different areas. And I I think that these this Junior Miss pageant is so outstanding for these girls to get involved in because it pushes them okay. to, to achieve in a lot of different areas. And we were asking the girls, man, you know, how do you find the time to be involved in all these things? And, and they pretty much just said, you know, I take one step at a time and don't really sit around a lot, don't do a lot of watching TV or, or that kind of thing. They use their time very wisely. Uh-huh. Which sometimes is a hard thing to do as a teenager. A lot of times you want to just sit around. So my hat really goes off to these girls who strive to be better people. And at I
0: such re- a young age, they've already
1: realized that. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it, it was amazing, and, and it wasn't like they come from Kush family lives either. You know, they yeah. have they have worked for this. Okay. So it was it was really fun to see that, and it's fun just to be a part of something that. I think sometimes pageants have this bad name, like you say, you know, strictly based on beauty and and I just don't think they really are anymore. Yeah. I think it's, you know, like the Mrs. Utah pageant is based on your platform and and yeah, there is a, a role that's in competition just to see that you're aware of your physical fitness, but we don't care what you look like in a two-piece, you know?
0: Yeah, so well, there was even a, a pregnant lady that competed this year. Yes. Yes, Crystal she did really was good. Yes, she just had her baby and oh, good. and she she competed at about seven months along. and oh, that's how far along I am, and you couldn't get me out on a stage. <laughs> so I admire anybody who's willing to do that. Well, Crystal's just a she's
1: wonderful, just bubbly, great
0: personality, but and she felt comfortable too. And that's I guess that's the point I'm trying to make. Is she did she had the pageant? I mean, it didn't bother her that Mm-mm. that she looked like that, and nobody. She wasn't marked down or put down because she was pregnant. Actually not. In fact, when I saw that she was pregnant, I thought, oh my gosh,
1: there's my competition. (laughs) Because I just thought, how neat is that that she has that kind of self-confidence. That's right. You know, and to represent
0: Mrs. Utah. I mean, I just thought it was really great. Yeah, I really, I really enjoy the pageant, and I, I had a great time being there, and it was great meeting you and being able to see you crown that night, too. And uh, I do want to talk about some of your experiences as Mrs. Utah, but first, you know, a little bit about yourself, too. I mean, you've got, I'm sure you've got a story and a, and a reason <laughs> behind things or a lemon in your life that you've overcome, and, and why would your mom try to get you involved in, in doing this service for people? Why was that so important to her gro- when you were growing up?
1: You know, my mom actually has passed away of breast cancer five years ago. And I don't... Sometimes I think that we have our kids do things and we just know in our hearts that it's the right thing and we don't always know why. Uh Um, For us, I don't know that she had any great plan, although she was a child development major at BYU. So, you know, she was a great mom. Um, It just... She just seemed to be really concerned about our relationship. And and I was, there were was four of us kids, and, and she was very concerned about our self-esteem. And I believe that she that she believed that this would help us. Every summer we would work with, uh, with Down Syndrome kids at a camp. And I can remember the feelings that I had there. These kids were just so sweet. I just loved their personalities and got I think I learned so much about myself by working with them and I think that that's why my mom wanted us involved in this because she knew what it would offer Hmm. me and my growth and my sister and her growth and uh, you know I just I just think that that's why she did it and with her dying at such a young age we didn't have a lot of time
0: to waste you know yeah that's true and who and who would have thought that it would continue too? I mean now it's going on and you want to do it with your own children and you're still doing it even though your mother isn't here to do things with you. Right. And you want to do it with your own children when they get to be the right age to be able to join this. And I do things with my kids, you know, today to
1: get them involved. I mean even as far as the Mrs. Utah pageant goes, the kids were totally involved. This Mrs. Utah International is truly a class act and so family oriented. The kids learned a song about moms and how great they are. It's kind of a slow song, and it they sang that on stage while our hus- while my husband escorted me out on stage in my evening gown. Oh. The kids were all on the stage singing the sweet song about mothers, and then over the PA, kind of over the whole song, my husband was saying, you know, the sweet, paragraph that he had written, you know, oh, Stephanie, I love you so much. You're such a great wife, great mother to our children, da, 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 da. And it was just so, it um, was so rewarding to me because sometimes as a mom, you don't feel like you get rewarded very much, you
0: know? <laughs> it's a
1: job, isn't it? <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a tough job sometimes. I mean, luckily we had those sweet smiles to look at and the wonderful hugs we get from our kids but sometimes those don't come (laughs) as often as we need them to come. And so something like this pageant where it really focused on the family and the kids could be involved and my husband could be involved and it was a chance for for me to have a little bit of the shine on me -hmm. when when sometimes so much of the shine goes to the husband's career or the children's sports or the children's school or or whatnot. and you're feeling like, man, I do the laundry, I clean the house, I make
0: the dinner, I go to the store. <laughs> well, I hear from other guests, from other people who don't necessarily win the title, just compete in the pageant. They just say it was worth it just to be spoiled for that, those few days and have to dress up and do your hair and makeup and yeah. look nice for a few days without yeah. having to take care of all the things at home and stuff too, so... Sometimes it's fun just to be the princess for a couple of days. <laughs> Absolutely. I, and I think that's so healthy Yeah. for for anyone to do that,
1: whether it's in the Mrs. Utah International Pageant or whether it's going on a date weekly with your husband. Something that you feel like something's being done for you, I think makes so much difference in the home. Yeah. And, you know, in your relationship with your kids, your relationship with your husband. You know, I just think...
0: It's just, it kind of is rejuvenating, too. Absolutely. I mean, you know, just kind of get you pumped up and ready for the next week if you've got that <laughs> weekly tradition of going out and being able to be, you know, just the person on his arm without the kids and without all the other stuff in, in life going on. Right. And just be able to have that time together to remember. Right. And to talk and just yeah. refresh everything.
1: I, I truly believe that taking time for yourself is so important. In fact, one of the things, one of my goals that I have, I have coming up in three weeks, and I'm a little stressed out about it, but I'm running the St. George Marathon. Oh, wow. And it is very, you know, it's a lot of hard work, but I I try to do it where it doesn't interfere with my family. I get up at 5.30 in the morning and go jog or go to the gym and and lift weights. But it's it's been a big um, goal. This will be my first marathon that I've ever run. In fact, I've only been running for a year, a little over a year. And so, but it's been really good for me. This is a big year for you then. This is a big year.
0: (laughs) Now the marathon goal,
1: the marathon goal was way before the Mississippi Utah goal. (laughs) I've been doing that one for a while, you know, well I've been, I've always been an avid workout person. I've owned a Jazzercise franchise and staffed up. But to finally be making it to that goal of the marathon in three weeks is. Oh, that's so exciting. it's, It's really exciting, it's really exciting. But I think it's just important to do things like that for yourself. Kind of keep little goals out, out in front of you. Be reaching for things. I just,
0: I really find... But at mo- as mom says, sometimes people get um, feeling like maybe they're selfish or something. If they go and do their own things or their own hobbies or even have a career or, or achieve a goal of something they've wanted to do for a while, moms tend to feel really guilty mm-hmm. about stuff like that. And I, I really
1: relate to that. Um, I try to, when I do things for myself, I try to do them
0: at so times when family.
1: I don't affect my family. When my okay. family is is um, asleep in the morning, That's right. you know, yep. I do it when they're asleep. So I don't feel that guilt. Now, then this is Utah International. You know, when I went to Tennessee, I had to leave for a week, and that was hard.
0: Yeah, and
1: we're going to talk about more about that after. Okay, yeah, that was, that was so exciting. <laughs> um, but, I, but I think the key to not feeling guilty is finding a time when it doesn't affect your family. When you can do it when your family is asleep or, <laughs> or involved. is in at school. You yeah. You know, have them be a part of it, too. It, exactly. Yeah. yeah, like PTA, when I was PTA president, I was really worried about how much time that was going to take. And I, that's why I did it as a co-PTA president with my very dear friends. And we just set up front, We're not going to let this take away from our family.
0: Okay. And we didn't.
1: Uh, because there was two of us, that really helped. You know?
0: Yeah. And we could call the other they one and say... We each other. Yeah,
1: we could say... This isn't a good day for me. Exactly. I'm having a hard time. I cannot make that meeting. Yeah. Can you go for me? Sure. And that worked out great. But the things that that afforded were the kids got to be such a part of all the different activities at the school. We, we had the jazz bear come, and the kids were able to feed us for that, or the school carnival, be able to really see the ins and out of that and appreciate it when the carnival finally came. And, and, and my kids get really excited over that kind of stuff. But I am very careful to not let any of that overtake my life at all. I mean, I'd rather have the event suffer than my family.
0: That's right.
1: Uh, <laughs> I try to keep that perspective very clear.
0: Yeah. Hello, welcome back to the Lemonade Stand. I am Heidi, your host, and I have my guest tonight on the phone with me. So it's kind of a fun change for tonight. Um, her name is Stephanie, and she is currently Mrs. Utah International. So, if you have any questions or comments for her, and would like to call in tonight, we can give that a try. And hi, Stephanie, welcome back. Hi, Heidi. <laughs> I'm glad you're there tonight. It's been fun to visit with you and learn a little bit about the Mrs. Utah Pageant experience for you. Uh, you know, I,
1: I have really been blessed. I really have. I have to. I have to say that. Um, but you know, there's no one has no trials. In fact. You know, not to bring up any, you know, any skeletons or anything, but <laughs> <laughs> the show is all about as people that. turn up the radio, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, um, well, I have we have four children. We have a 12-year-old son, a seven-year-old daughter, four-year-old daughter, and a two-year-old daughter. Well, after our um, son was born, our first child, you know, ten fingers, ten toes, healthy as a lord, get his little shots know everything was fine and dandy we decided to have a second child Uh and um, very normal pregnancy although she was 10 pounds 3 ounces huge child (laughs) Um, we were in the uh, recovery room where the pediatrician kind of checks over the baby and we were all just cracking up about how huge she was I mean she was huge You're not that big. I'm not that big. I'm not. And that was part of the funny thing because they just, and you couldn't tell I was carrying that big a baby. I mean, I did not look that big. So that was, I mean, the whole thing was just, just funny. We were just in there cracking up and anyway, so I, you know, trying to nurse the baby and she's not nursing very well. Milk's coming out through her nose and She's just not doing very well, but they said, oh, big babies, they don't they don't eat very well. They're so used to just chowing down, you know, where it's really easy through the umbilical cord that they don't really, they're too lazy to eat. They call them, big babies are usually lazy babies. Oh my goodness. And so, anyway, they, they send us home from the hospital, and she's crying, and I'm just getting into bed, and my husband yells into the bedroom, "Beth, I think we've got a problem. And I went, said, yeah, what, She has a crust palate. And I said, yeah, "Yeah, they don't miss things like that, Steve, you know? And it wasn't her lip, it was just the roof of her mouth, her soft palate and some of her hard palate. If you kind of stick your tongue up on the roof of your mouth, you can feel where the bone ends, Uh and then it's soft palate at the back. So all that soft palate was gone and some of her bone. And so we called the doctor, and they said, oh, we don't miss things like that, but if you feel more comfortable, bring her back in. we brought her back in, and sure enough, she had a crack palate and you can imagine they treated us like a king and a queen, and oh. she was immediately put into ICU, and she was losing weight quickly because she the reason why milk was coming through her nose was because she couldn't, I mean, there was no roof of her mouth, oh, it was just okay. going up through her nose. Oh, my
0: goodness.
1: So that was, um, it was actually really scary to me. My husband sister had a cleft palate, and so that's, what he, that's why he knew what it was when he saw it. Ah, what a blessing. Yeah, it really was a blessing. He, he's a great guy. And um, so anyway, so they treated us like a king and a queen, and we put her in ICU and kept her in the hospital until so she could eat properly, and then for that first year, we just had to you know use special bottles and special ways of feeding her until she could have surgery at a year wow. and she had her first surgery at one year in fact we were in cal she, we lived in utah she was born in california and during that year we moved to utah oh. and so our insurance coverage made it so we had to go back to california for her surgery while we were there for her surgery we were in the huge Northridge earthquake. Oh, my <laughs> It was awful. It was awful, Heidi. And we, my husband's house is right in Northridge. We were right on the heart of the epicenter, and it was awful. Oh, my God. But anyway, so we were there for the earthquake, and um, her surgery actually went very well. She... You know, she made it through. It's this, this pictures are so sad for me to look at because she went into surgery, this trusting little one-year-old and came out so swollen and so sore and, oh. and just broke her heart. Yeah, so um, well, you're doing the right thing, but you hate to see him hurt Exactly, it's, you know, it's kind of the thing with shots. Yeah, exactly. Your child is looking at you like, why are you letting this person hurt me? Yes. <laughs> And you say, because I love you, you know, and they just don't get it. So I tell my kids that whenever something bad, you know, bad is happening like that, I say, I have to, soups, I love you, sweetie, you know. So it was hard, but it was the right thing. In fact, this year, she's seven now, and she's doing so great. Awesome. And speech therapy has been for about four years, and just had two more surgeries this summer. And we think she's done, but it's been tough. And uh, you know, painful for her and painful painful for mom. Yeah, yeah. really painful for us to watch her suffer. Yeah. Sometimes the kids aren't very nice at school either. You know, they she doesn't speak as clearly as some of the other second graders and you talk funny or you know, and that just it just shows me and so to try to help her talk, try to talk with her and let her know. And and, you know, it's really actually been a blessing in our home because our son, you know, he's a great kid and a good student and, you know, great, good at athletics and, I mean, just an all-around good kid and, you know, he could maybe kind of be snotty, but he's not. He's very um, aware of other kids different challenges yeah and because I think he knows about it, his sister he's grown up that way exactly right? yeah. exactly he watches and sees how he wants people to treat his sister and he is more compassionate
0: That's
1: right. and so it has been a blessing in our home as far as that goes so
0: Wow yeah I'm glad she's doing better though
1: that's good to hear yeah and, and you know we try to help her find other ways to build her self you know okay. she's a good little dancer and, and a little gymnast and you know we try to find other ways to help rebuild that when those kids are saying mean, mean things at school we're saying it's okay you know look you just you just learned how to do this so look, look, look at what you can do you know we try to, to do that for her as, as her parents yeah. so parenting isn't always an easy thing you know you have to you have to learn how to i mean that, that's that's Self-esteem and self-image is so hard to build, and and it's so easy to break. Oh,
0: no kidding. You know, and the mean things are a lot easier to believe, too. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. That's the way I grew up, just thinking that, well, they wouldn't say that if it wasn't true, so it must be true. Exactly. You just really have a hard time with it, I know. So, anyway, life hasn't been perfect. (laughs) Yes. So does that kind of bring you to your platform with Mrs. Utah's also? Is that one of the reasons why you use family? more for your platform. It's yes. because of this experience just yes. to let people be aware that we need to all be compassionate, more compassionate to each other too. Yes, absolutely. And I, I believe that
1: if you can get out on a national level and talk to more people about, you know, like we were talking earlier, the family relationships, the the compassion, the you know and and it, and and I want to be in that position so people can help me too where they can say, Oh man, I've had a a similar problem, and this is how I dealt with it. Yeah. Um, quick quick little story. Yesterday, our son, who's a very good baseball player, was playing in a football game and broke his arm. He was just oh, no. devastated by it, just uh, crushed, because he doesn't love football, but he loves baseball, but he broke his arm playing football, and he was oh. so frustrated. Anyway, you know, I was telling us son that story, and she said, you know, this may help your son. Let me tell you, my son very close friend was just in a, in a very serious accident, in a coma, possibly, you know, and he's, again, only 11 or 12 years old, may not make it, if he does, will have brain damage, um, and all of a sudden that put things into perspective for me, for my son, and, you know, I think the more that we all talk together, that's why I think your radio station is so wonderful, it gets people out there communicating, Sharing
0: ideas. It's It's not like we're, oh, my problems are worse than your problems. No. It's just sharing that, you know, it really starts to make you appreciate what you have, Uh the things you've been blessed with, Uh and find ways to overcome. Right. Yeah. Right. Wow, that's incredible. So. When you start looking at the broken arm and almost laugh and go, wow, this is no big deal. Exactly. Exactly.
1: You know, it could have been much worse. Oh, yeah. And so it helps it in, a, in the perspective for him, but you know, I wouldn't have been, it was actually at like the junior uh, Miss Highland pageant last night, I was, you know, a gal. And I wouldn't have even been in that situation had I not been involved with the Mrs. Utah International pageant. And I just feel the more I get out and involved and
0: communicate, the more we all can yeah, just draw from each other's experiences. That's why I tell people I'm one of the luckiest people because I get to talk to people every week and hear their incredible stories. And it's just yeah, so great. Yeah. So I mean, it it really does. It helps a lot just to be able to know other people are out there they've overcome something and just how incredible they are for some of the challenges that they've had to deal with in their life. Absolutely. There's some neat people out there. We're really lucky, <laughs> and you're definitely one of them too. And oh. to be able to compete in this pageant and go on, and go on to Nationals. You did really well at Nationals, too. Yeah. Nationals were so great. You were able to represent Utah well, it sounds like. Oh,
1: uh, I hope so. I hope I did a good job representing our state, because that's, that was my main goal, is to be able to be a representative for all the mothers here, or all the married women. Not, you don't have to be a mother, you just have to be married. All the married women here in our state of Utah, in our beautiful state of Utah, with the greatest snow on earth. <laughs> That's right. But um, we had a lot of fun experiences. We were there for Monday through Sundays when I left. Um, the, there were two. There was a preliminary on Thursday night or Friday night, and the finals were on Saturday. And I left Sunday morning. But we did all kinds of fun things. We went to Hollywood and did an autograph signing there, which was really fun. Kind of weird never having been involved in something where I have to sign autographs to be in that position. Yeah,
0: that would be weird. (laughs) It was really
1: weird, but um, it was kind of fun. And then the next day we went to the local mall and they had to do an autograph signing again and they had really publicized that, you know, there were 56 women from we actually had 48 representatives from the United States and then we had 8 representatives from different countries. We had South America and Latvia and Bolivia and, and wow. South Africa. It was Southeast Asia. I mean, we had so many neat gals. Anyway, this mall had had publicized that we were all going to be there and there was a ton of people. It was,
0: oh, it was amazing.
1: Fun. It was very fun. It was really oh, fun. That's great. And then um, actually, I got really sick. I don't know if you're, How many of your listeners have had that flu that's been going around where you're just sicker than a dog. (laughs) Oh, no. I had that. I caught it on Wednesday when I was in Tennessee. I actually had been feeling a little bit nauseous for about a week prior, but I'm pretty much, I try to be mind over matter. Oh, yeah. If I just push it out, it'll go away. Yeah. And it usually works, honestly. Yeah. This time, it was just too strong. I mean, those oh, no. you listeners that have had that know that this is it a two week sickness. Oh. And so it was at it peaked when I was in nationals, which is another reason why I'm so thrilled that I did as well as I did. Because I was so, so sick. Oh, no. But um, interviews were on Thursday, and you now you get so nervous for those interviews because you don't know what's going to be at. What's going to come out of your mouth? A little life-thrace interview. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. it's harder. Um, you're nice, Heidi. No, it goes good and are great, too. Um, that was on Thursday, and then Friday night we had our preliminary competition, and that was where all 56 contestants competed, and we competed in aerobic wear, evening gown, and We had our on-stage, actually we didn't have an on-stage question that night, but our interview and our our interview was 50% of our score and they were so interested in our platforms and how, what our game plan was to take it to a national level, that was, that was 90% of my interview was, tell me about your platform, what are you going to do, with it? why is it important to you, what have you done in the past? What are you doing currently? What are you planning to do in the future? Wow. I mean, it was huge. Yeah. So that was 50% of your score, and then 25% was aerobic wear, and 25% was evening gown. And again, all the husbands came, and each husband escorted their wife out on mm-hmm. stage in the evening gown. And So did everything go pretty smoothly up there then? Oh yeah, it, it went very smoothly. Okay. Um, before I went, I had, I picked out a dress, um that i was going to wear different from the one that i've worn at state and i was very uh, i am very i don't know how to put it politically correct yeah you know just aware of how modest yeah i'm dressing it's extremely important to me my state dress was i thought so classy The short sleeves, high back nice little you know scoop neck um dress. It was, it was beautiful, but not quite fancy enough for, for the international pageant. So I went out hunting for a dress. And I really thought here in Utah would be not a big huge deal to find a, a modest dress. Uh-huh. Because there's, you know, I think a big market for that. So anyways, I went looking for a dress and couldn't find anything that I liked that was fancy enough that was modest. Uh-huh. And so I had to consider adding sleeves or adding the back or whatever. I finally found a dress that I really liked. And the dress was maybe an inch lower in the back than I would have liked to have seen it. But, you know, I work so... <laughs> I've had four children, so, you know, I'm in okay shape, but I still, you know, like have four kids. Yeah. But I work out with my trainer and two parts of my body that I actually think are okay are my arms and my back. And so I thought rationalizing it there. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I was totally rationalizing it. And believe me, Um, I felt it in my heart. And I got to the night before I was leaving for National and I couldn't do it. I just thought, Why am I doing this? Is winning a pageant worth it? You know, to to wear something that I'm not feeling comfortable with. Mm -hmm. It wasn't immodest, but it wasn't as modest as I needed it to be, Uh and so I talked to my husband about it, and I just said, Steve, I can't wear this dress, I just can't do it, and I said, I don't know what everyone's going to say when I tell them, but this is the decision, and I'm just going to wear the dress I wore for state, and he said... I support you 100%. And once I had his support, I knew I could do anything. Yeah. So I went to bed that night, totally prepared to not wear the dress I had just spent two months working on. Yeah. (laughs) And a a lot of cost for money. So um, I got up the next morning at 3 a.m., ready to, my flight left at 6 a.m., and I just had a thought. Why don't you call? I bought my dress up at Kathleen's up in Kaysville. Uh And she knew how I really needed to have my dress. And we had taken measurements for it. But I just got cold feet and told her, don't do it. But that morning, I thought, you know what? She has all my measurements. She has all the material. If I can call her before I leave at 6 AM, she may be able to do my dress before Wednesday when my directors come out to Tennessee, so they would have given her two days. So I I thought, you know what, it's worth a try. So at 6 a.m., right as I'm boarding the plane, I called her up at home, and I just said, Kathleen, it's Stephanie Vincent. I can't wear that dress. And she said, I've been waiting for your phone call. I'll help you do whatever it takes. I'll have your dress for you Wednesday. She said, call me tonight, and, you know, I'll just kind of touch base, have these, bring me your dress, and she said, but call me tonight when you get to Tennessee, and and just let to touch base. So I got to Tennessee, was taken right into an orientation meeting that lasted for six hours, it was 11 o'clock, before I got out of that meeting, I hadn't eaten all day, went to dinner, totally forgot that I was supposed to call her. <laughs> oh, no. The next day comes, we go to Dollywood. I still didn't think one thing about it. So, that afternoon we got back and my director called and she said, Stephanie, you have to call Kathleen. She's freaking out, She's gotta call her. And so I quickly called her and I said, oh my gosh, I haven't called, I'm so sorry. And she said, you know, it's a good thing you did. She was, last night I was a little panicked because everything you and I had talked about, I did during the day and it didn't look good at all. It just looked bad. And she said, you know, I just um, decided to try something new, different, uh, and... Hope you like it? <laughs> yeah, and hope you like it, oh and the new thing was pretty much taking the whole bodice of the dress apart. Oh
0: my goodness. And she
1: said, you know, it's no coincidence that we're the same size, and she stayed up for 48 hours and worked on my dress for me. And when my directors brought it to me in Tennessee, it felt like a glove. And we call it my dress from heaven because really there's no way that that dress should
0: have fit me yeah with what kathleen had to do to it Uh, and kathleen people out there who've had things made for them know i mean you've got to go back for fitting after fitting and adjustments and measurements and yeah and this gal added
1: um she added stuff to this it had little cap sleeves but she added like another inch to them and anyone who sews you have have to take the whole sleeve off and like rebuild the whole sleeve and i mean like you say it's 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 fitting after fitting and yeah it's just amazing literally heidi when i she was totally guided on how she was she was totally guided and when i when i put it on that night we just started crying (laughs) It, it was it is truly a dress from heaven and no question about it but it and then my first um, well, I don't know if I could. T- my first judge just said, um, I guess okay. My first judge said, oh, I see you went to BYU. I have quite a few friends that went to BYU. Um, you know, are, are you a Latter-day Saint? And I said, yes. And she said, oh, tell me, tell me how your how being a Latter-day Saint affects your life on a day-to-day basis. And so I told her, and, and I told her just a little bit about my dress, and I just said, Noticed my dress, you know, and when I came out in it, she just gave her this nod of thank you for being consistent, and I think I
0: touched her, yeah, and it made it all worth it. Um, Yeah, because you're not being two-faced, you're not saying you believe one thing and then you act another way. Exactly, and no matter what
1: your beliefs are,
0: you know, I believe in, in,
1: I mean, I grew up in California, I've lived here in Utah for about 10 years all together to BYU and things, but mm-hmm. I, I truly believe in the melting pot and you know, you can believe whatever religion you want to believe, but the thing that I think that all of us need to do is be consistent. Oh yeah. If we say we believe in one thing, then let's believe in it, you know? That's right. And act that way, just be consistent in whatever it is that you believe in. Yep. Yeah. And I think that that's just, she's, I mean, it was so clear with her nod and her smile that, she was saying. Okay. And, you know, I I really, truly believe that is one of the reasons why I did so well. I mean, uh, I was, like I said, I was so sick. I really didn't feel like I was shining the way I like to shine uh. on stage. And I think that they felt my sincerity and my, and my, um,
0: just that consistency, you know? So, anyway. You got in the top five, didn't you? Yeah, I was fourth. I took fourth runner-up. Fourth runner-up. That's incredible. It
1: You're really is. Being sick. Yeah. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah, it was. It was a truly life-changing experience for me. Cause yes. I, I always said, like, you know, I've never done a pageant. I can't believe I won the Mrs. Utah Pageant. There's got to be a reason why I'm going. I'm probably, you know, I don't know why, whose life I'm supposed to touch. But I really felt like something, was some reason, I was supposed to go. That's right. And it turned out that it was my life. That's right. You know, I, I had to learn. You found I out a lot about yourself.
0: So I found out a lot about myself. Mm-hmm. Wow. So. it has been great talking to you. Well, thank you. What a wonderful night and thank just be able to hear your experiences. And I'm, I'm, I admire people who can really stick to what they say. I mean, sometimes it's really hard to do. And if you're able to have an experience in your life that you can prove that you will stand up for things you believe in, I right. think that's wonderful. That's right. That's right. Right. Well, thank you so much. Okay. I appreciate you sharing your story tonight, and maybe we'll have to have you on again. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Heidi. Okay, you hang on there for Okay. Okay. This has been the Lemonade Stand here, and we hope that this has made you realize how valuable life is, and your important role in how you can affect other people, and how your example, your trials, and things you overcome, and the things you do with your own life can really impact other people in their lives as well. So stay tuned next week to hear what lemons, so lemonade story we're going to be talking about then. Each week we feature a different guest, so we have uh something special next week coming on also. So and remember that life is what you make it. So have a great night. <laughs>